Hello, and welcome to Cecil Radio, Episode 4, a chance to talk through various questions about implementing the new accounting standard affectionately called Cecil. I'm Susan Weber, a 26-year banker and first-wave Cecil adopter, and with me today is Kaylin Landry. Kaylin, thank you so much for joining the Cecil conversation with me today. Before we get to the questions you brought, please tell us a little bit about yourself. Excellent. Thanks, Susan. I'm very happy to be here um, on this podcast series of Cecil Radio. Um, I am a senior manager in our financial services practice group. I've been with Barry Dunn now for about 13 years. Um, pretty much been in this group um, when I'm not working on um, financial service audits. I'm doing a lot of fiducia implementation, um, control work, as well as employee benefit plan audits throughout the organization. Awesome. Well, I'm really happy you're here today. And I know you've been listening to the podcast series, so you probably know what's coming next. But give us a little fun fact about you. Yes, I definitely have been listening um, and I've been prepared for this for sure. So a little bit of fun fact about myself is when I am not in the um, weeds of working through financial service engagements or employee benefit plans, I am chasing around to girls. I have a five-year-old daughter, Jaden, as well as a 10-month-old daughter, um, Kendall. So they definitely keep me on my toes and very busy. Wowza. So you know what I've learned? Cecil should be really easy for you now. (laughs) And all that. (laughs) One would hope. That's it. So one last thing before we dive into those questions I know you've brought, we want to be really clear that what we're sharing today is our own personal views and opinions. So with that, what do you have for us? Yeah, so diving right into the first question, um, really focusing in on Cecil and controls. So looking at that, governance and controls tends to be a phrase that we hear very often. And I know it's important to Cecil as well. So can we start there? You know, what does that mean? What are we looking at? Sure. Very quickly and just to level set, to me, governance means who has the authority to make decisions, changes, adjustments. And for Cecil, we're really talking about model decisions and changes that might happen in the normal course and who is overseeing that work. And we'll talk about implementation too, I'm sure. But that's just generally who has the authority and it could be a person, a committee, you know, on and on. So just defining who that is. And then the controls portion, you know, I often think about it, it's shorthand for internal controls. And for CECL, to me, that means that for every potential risk of what could go wrong with or in the calculation, uh, you've identified some sort of control to ensure that it doesn't. Or that worst case scenario, you find it before it's published, right, in your financial statements. So that's my layman's term version, Kaylin, of governance and controls. But I know you did a podcast on this as part of uh, our focus on Fiducia. So anything to add or could you at least maybe tell everybody how to find that uh, Fiducia series? Yeah, so we definitely cover the whole realm of Fiducia and internal control over financial reporting audits in our Fiducia podcast. And if you are interested in learning more about that, you can find that on our website at barrydunn.com um, backslash services and then backslash Fiducia and SOX 404 compliance. Um, under there, specifically episode one really dives into Fiducia internal control over financial reporting and the understanding of COSO framework. And it takes you through um, a five series podcast on that involving different controls. And so today we're really going to focus in on controls in CECL. 
awesome. And so, you know, just again, the phrase that we commonly hear is governance and controls kind of together. They aren't always one and the same, right? They, they might have different nuances to them. So the Fiducia series really does a great job walking people through those finer points and is really worth checking out. So great. So what's next? Excellent. So as we dive into Cecil, um, we know that as you prepare for the implementation, really one thing that comes to mind is, you know, are there any first year versus ongoing differences that we should consider within any potential Cecil controls? Um, one thing that really comes to mind is the utilization of software for implementing the requirements of an accounting standards, as, as this may be the first time for folks. You know, that's a really great point. I say that a lot in these questions. You guys have been coming with really great questions, but that's really a good point. So for some people, CECL is definitely the first time they're implementing some sort of software or in-system solution, and that in itself means new controls. And the, the three that I can think of that come to mind most immediately are data. So everything that goes into mapping the data from your core processing system into the software uh, system that you're using, how that data is moving from one system to the other, ensuring that um, that the mapping has been well defined and that the information once in the system is being used appropriately. So, for example, you know, it, is your definition of payment amount the same definition that the model needs to run correctly and, and give you the right result? Um, and then I think there are also still, so the second thing is there are also still likely going to be manual aspects to the calculation. So you might be using software, you know, specifically for the CSOL calculation itself, but there could be inputs that you need for that calculation or extra things that are part of CSOL more broadly that um, the software won't handle. So examples of that would be prepayment rates and speeds or unfunded commitments that could include your pipeline commitments, which are generally out of core, and uh, the new debt securities, the HTM and AFS, and we've talked about some of that in earlier podcasts. And I think the third point would be software and the models themselves, right? So there's a lot, typically when banks are choosing a provider, um, they can get really excited about functionality and flexibility, things that can be customized or things that they can tweak or change or move along the way. Uh, and that brings up a lot of choice for the bank. So that's a good thing. But I also think that there's that governance and control aspect that they need to keep in mind. You know, Kaylin, what are your thoughts on that part? Yeah, all great points here, Susan. Um, and one thing we like to hone in on, especially as we are looking at Cecil and the fiducia aspects of controls is documentation and making sure that everything is documented appropriately, specifically in the control environment. And so when you are looking at your controls surrounding these items, I would really consider the control. Does it allow for the flexibility and the choices that are being made, especially within the departments that are running these models? And do, where do they need to get approval from? Is it a person or is it a group of someone in regards to their normal course and their day-to-day -day actions of running this model? And then lastly, you know, who's verifying or checking this aspect? You know, is there a specific approver of it? And is there anything that they need to document to make sure that these controls are in place and operating effectively? That's a that's a really important point operationally when these models are in live production, right? So in the normal course, how are we checking both that approval and the setting 
you know, in the system itself and making sure that they're aligned for that final for that final run. So going back to your original question about are there different controls or governance over implementation versus ongoing, we talked about software and some of those considerations, but another thing has occurred to me, and that is, you know, in the implementation phase, many folks are using uh, newly formed committees or, or uh, you know, enterprise-wide, you know, resources to help form recommendations and really make decisions around implementation. They may be feeding those recommendations up to a committee or some senior level governance, and then maybe ultimately the board even has a hand in some of those uh, approvals because they ultimately have oversight. So almost nothing in this you know, component is set it and forget it, right? It's kind of like, this is everything that leads up to implementation. And so you need to have controls and who has authority to enact that. So that's kind of the one uh, shoe that drops, right? Day one. And then it's, how are you going to do that in real time, right? I mean, who, who, where does that authority transition happen and who's involved um, in that? So, you know, it occurs to me, Kaylin, one thing that could really help client, you know, help folks here is to identify what types of things need to be reviewed on some sort of set schedule and who has that authority. And, um, and you know, what about maybe carving out some authority or delegation for other types of things that can be done uh, more timely? What are your thoughts on things like that? Yeah, absolutely. And so looking at, you know, each of the major aspects of the CECL model, really a lot of the banks should be thinking about when and how are you going to review it? You know, what it, what is the schedule? Is it something that you're going to be looking at on a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, a semi-annual basis? Um, looking at who has the authority to actually make changes within the models that you've set in the documentation that you have. What controls will be in place to make sure that all these decisions reach really flow properly through the actual CECL calculation and they're actually accurately represented within the balances on your financial statements at the end of the year as that, you know, especially in a fiducia setting, that's what we're worried about and concerned with is the effects on the overall financial statements. You know, constantly thinking documentation, making sure everything is documented appropriately. And one item that banks can consider is a CECL review checklist. It, it definitely is worth considering. It, it could cover all the controls and also provide that audible evidence piece for a second independent review of the documentation that's in place and making sure that the models, your qualitative factor analysis actually agrees to what the calculation is doing. I really love that suggestion for so many reasons. It just, you know, uh, simplifies, I think, and really clarifies what is being reviewed, who who's doing it, how they checked it. I love it. Very simple and easy to implement. I think, um, you know, as you were kind of talking about the schedule, maybe it would help to give a couple of examples. So for, for example, I think a segmentation, you know, that's a choice that people are going to have to make and defend it, whether they've changed it or not, you know, one, one uh, counting standard to the other, that is still something they're going to have to to sort of uh, revisit. And segmentation is probably not something that you're going to have to be very fluid in, right? It's probably not something you're going to have to change every single quarter, um, it, nor is it something you set permanently, right? So putting something like that on a schedule of every year, we're going to look at XYZ things and make a decision around segmentation, unless right? Unless there's something unusual and, and just sort of defining it like that. Is that the kind of thing you're getting at? 
Yeah, I would definitely break it out into all those types of areas that you're looking at from an implementation, you know, perspective. What are the day one items that you've decided on for implementation? You know, and when should you level set to review those? Is, you know, what schedule is that on? And it may make sense to make, you know, either a policy or some type of checklist to put in place to have all of those items, you know, in a document and you have your timeline as to when you're going to go back and, and review these in regards to what changes may have occurred at your bank. Is there any type of risk that you are looking at any new products and, you know, just making sure you constantly are thinking about the next steps and how often you need to be analyzing that and, and making any potential changes for your seasonal work. You know, and that's really great. I think um, I think I've seen that in a couple of ways too. Uh, some banks are using um, dedicated CISL policies. Uh, to outline governance, uh, not so much the control steps, but governance and the monitoring, right? Governance and the schedule of these things going forward. Um, sometimes they're using their controls to sort of uh, break out thresholds, right? So, um, you know, I, I kind of think about uh, how can people set those thresholds appropriately? And I think back to that sensitivity testing and stress testing um, that is part of good uh, model management, good model risk management. But, you know, for example, if through testing a bank discovers that, and I'm totally making these numbers up, so no one quote any of these, these are not real, these are just made up. But if you discover that a 5% change in prepayment rates ends up making a $750,000, you know, reserve outcome difference, you know, thinking through, does that mean something for everybody's comfort on governance and control, right? Like when and how that kind of adjustment gets considered, who has to be part of the process and how it gets approved. Um, you know, I think those things are really important as you're thinking through governance and controls and how that works. So I think having some real life examples to work through can be very helpful. Um, so Kaylin, uh, I just want to think about, you know, if people have more questions about Fiducia, if they have more questions about controls, whether they're CECL controls or not, um, what are some of the ways that, uh, that, that people should be thinking about following up either with us or with their auditors? What, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, absolutely. Um, we are available, um, especially as a public accounting firm, to really help you on the consulting side through your fiducia control aspect. Um, even if it's just a couple questions on, you know, as you work through CECL implementation, you can certainly reach out to Susan or myself. Um, we also have our Ask the Advisor um, section on our website, and that is available for any type of question that you you may have, whether it is fiducia related or CECL related or anything else that you can come up with. Um, you know, we are here to help you through this. Oh, that's great. And that's a good reminder. Um, we will, as we've done in other podcasts, we will include that Ask the Advisor link in the podcast description to make it really easy for people to um, ask a question or interact with us in that way. So, Kaylin, this has been really wonderful. Thank you so much. Not everybody loves talking about governance and controls, but I can tell you love it. And it's really been hugely helpful, I think, as we're kind of working through the complexities of CECL. Um, so I think just in final thoughts, uh, again, as you've been listening to the podcast, you know it's coming, but I have some rapid fire Q&A. Are you ready? I think so. All right. I haven't prepared you at all. So these are just going to come right at you. Waffles or pancakes? Oh, pancakes. Blueberries or raspberries? Blueberries. And your favorite summertime activity? I am looking for suggestions. Uh, we have a pool and I would say we've already opened it. We've already utilized it. 
one time and we you can find us pretty much there all summer long we love swimming my girls are going to be in swim lessons um one of them has and then the, the little one will be in swim lessons this weekend so looking forward to more time at the pool this summer for sure that is amazing. I'm just going to keep my fingers and toes crossed for good weather. So that sounds wonderful. So Kaylin, thank you so much for joining us today. And I hope everyone will join us next time when we have a really great discussion about SOC1 and Cecil. This is going to be the battle of the acronyms.